Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 30 of my Crisis to Opportunity podcast. This episode is the second of four in which I explore the importance of what I call mental muscles in how you respond to a crisis. The topic for this episode is Doubt to Confidence, part two. Ultimately, the goal of having confidence is to develop a strong and resilient belief in your ability to overcome a crisis whenever one arises in your life. I've identified seven exercises that you can use to create a virtuous cycle that will strengthen your confidence muscle even as you confront a crisis. Each exercise alone can enhance your confidence, but using all of them together allows your confidence to grow significantly stronger more quickly. The first exercise is preparation breeds confidence. Preparation is the foundation of confidence. This includes doing everything you need to do to ensure that you're ready to take on a crisis. For example, gathering relevant information, seeking the necessary resources, making appropriate decisions, and taking a deliberate course of action. If you've developed these areas as fully as you can before and shortly after a crisis hits, then you will have faith that your capabilities gained from that preparation will allow you to respond to a crisis with your fullest commitment and effort. The more of these areas you fully address in your preparation, the more confidence you will breed in yourself. My goal for you is that when you're ready to confront a crisis, that you're able to say, I'm as prepared as I can be to tackle this crisis head on. From the tennis legend, Arthur Ashe, one important key to success is self-confidence. And an important key to self-confidence is preparation. The second essential exercise is mental tools reinforce confidence. I encourage you to create a mental toolbox that includes everything you need to resolve a crisis. This toolbox is composed of all of the internal and external resources I've discussed throughout my podcast you have available to combat a crisis. You can use these mental tools in two ways. First, you can make subtle adjustments or fine-tune yourself, making little adjustments to get the most out of your efforts. For instance, using breathing to relax and focus or positive self-talk to keep you confident in the face of setbacks. Second, the tools in your mental toolbox need to be readily available when you have breakdowns in your response and need to fix a problem amid a crisis. This is similar to having a spare tire, tire iron, and jack in your car in case you get a flat tire while driving. For example, you might get scared during a crisis and go to the quote-unquote dark side in your thinking. In this moment, it's important that you have an internal or an external tool at your disposal. For example, taking a break or trusting your support. Mental tools you can place in your mental toolbox can include inspirational thoughts and images to bolster your determination, positive self-talk to fortify your confidence, stress control such as breathing and muscle relaxation to combat confidence-depleting anxiety, keywords that maintain your focus and help you avoid distractions. Finally, emotional control techniques, for example, meditation or exercise to calm yourself when the pressure of the crisis weighs on you. This podcast is filled with a wealth of mental tools you can use to fix many of those quote-unquote flat tires, but there are others that work as well. The third exercise to build your confidence is support. Support bolsters confidence. It's difficult to make it through a crisis successfully on your own. Everyone who has ever experienced a crisis had people in their lives supporting them. There will be times when things are just not going well, 
And it helps to have people you can turn to for encouragement, such as family, friends, and professionals. Your confidence will wane and wax depending on various factors, including your emotions, how long you've been dealing with the crisis, and the success of your recent efforts to respond to the crisis. That's why you want to have people in your life who have unwavering confidence in you and who you know you can count on to give you a booster shot of reassurance when needed. For example, have a close friend or sibling say, I know you can get through this, or hang in there, things will turn around. Support is so important to building, maintaining, and regaining confidence when a crisis occurs. You should actively seek out and build a network of people who can support you in different ways. Support can come in many forms and from many types of people. You need technical support from people who are experts in your type of crisis. For example, a medical team who can offer support related to physical ailment. Emotional support will mostly come from family and friends, particularly when a crisis first arises. From the actor Nicolas Cage, if you have people that totally support you and have your back, I feel like you have all the confidence in the world and you believe that you can do things that most people can't achieve. The fourth exercise is success because success validates confidence. All the previous steps in building confidence will go for naught if you don't have some wins as you combat a crisis. Success validates the belief that you've developed in your ability. It demonstrates that your confidence is well-founded. Success further strengthens your confidence, making it more resilient in the face of new challenges that come from a crisis. Success rewards your efforts to build confidence while encouraging you to continue to work hard and persist in resolving the crisis. Successes during a crisis can be defined in different ways. It may be a victory to gather useful information and gain a better understanding of a crisis. It can involve learning new strategies for responding. Success may also entail finding additional resources or support that can help you respond constructively to a crisis. Finally, yes, success can mean making progress toward your desired outcome of resolving the crisis. The fifth exercise is positive self-talk. Positive self-talk is one of the most powerful mental exercises you have at your disposal to immediately build your confidence. What you say to yourself as you progress through a crisis matters because your thoughts impact your emotions and responses to the challenges. Yet, negativity is almost unavoidable in a crisis. Usually, there's not a lot to be positive about, or at least that's the way it seems. You might say to yourself, I feel helpless, this crisis is overwhelming, or some variation thereof, as a crisis hits you full force. That negativity can deplete your energy and hinder your efforts that should be directed positively toward the crisis. But if your self-talk is positive, your thoughts and feelings will be more positive. Instead of saying, I don't have a chance today, try saying, I'm going to deal with this crisis the best I can today. That will get you positive and fired up. By using positive self-talk, you'll be your own best ally. You'll show yourself that even if the crisis is doing everything it can to beat you, you aren't going to beat yourself. Positive self-talk helps you in many ways. It increases your determination to persist in the face of obstacles, setbacks, and failures. You're more relaxed and focused because you believe that you have what it takes to stand up to a crisis. Your emotions reflect your positive self-talk with feelings of excitement and inspiration. It also makes you feel less vulnerable to the disappointments that you will periodically experience in a crisis. 
Positive self-talk is a simple but not easy strategy. It's simple because the idea of replacing your negative self-talk with positive statements is pretty straightforward. However, it's not easy. By its very nature, a crisis can really pull your self-talk to a very negative place. To prepare to combat this pull toward negativity, train yourself for positive self-talk by following these steps. One, identify situations when you tend to become negative, especially in a crisis. Perhaps it's when you can't find important information about the crisis, you can't get the help you need, or you're just not progressing toward resolution of the crisis. Two, figure out why you are becoming negative in these situations. Common reasons include stress, fatigue, frustration, and despair. Third, monitor what you say to yourself. I found that people in a crisis tend to rely on certain quote-unquote favorite negative phrases. For example, gosh, I'm stupid, I'm such a loser, and what's the point of even trying? Number four, choose some positive statements with which you can replace your usual negative self-talk. By doing this exercise before you face a crisis, you'll be ready to access it and have a better chance of deploying it when you're pulled toward negativity. Five, constantly remind yourself to be positive. Since you've already identified the situations in which you tend to become negative, you're better prepared to recognize when stressful situations are approaching. This will help you focus on what you want to say rather than allowing yourself your knee-jerk negativity to jump in. Finally, be patient and persistent. At first, you will probably fall off the wagon and slip back to your old negative ways. Accept that it's part of the process and that recognizing it allows you to shift to being positive. With time and persistence, you'll see a gradual shift away from negativity and toward positive self-talk until one day you realize that you just went through a crisis situation and you stayed positive. From the mindfulness expert, Ruth Fischel, brainwave tests prove that when we use positive words, our feel-good hormones flow. Positive self-talk releases endorphins and serotonin in our brain, which then flow through our body, making us feel good. These neurotransmitters stop flowing when we use negative words. Another powerful exercise is to balance the scales. In an ideal world, I would love to eliminate all negatives and have you only feel positive during a crisis. Unfortunately, this is the real world and anyone who suffers a crisis is going to go to the dark side on occasion. In dealing with this reality, you should start by balancing the scales. Gosh, if you're gonna be negative when you experience setbacks, you should also be positive when you make progress. The immediate goal is to slowly decrease the negatives and increase the positives. This step of tipping the scales toward positives is really important. Recent research found that negative experiences such as negative self-talk, negative body language, and negative emotions carry more psychological weight than positive experiences. In fact, it takes 12 positive experiences to equal one negative experience. That's wild, isn't it? Ultimately, you want to tip the scale heavily in the positive direction. Sure, you're going to say some negative things periodically. That's just part of being human. But when you tip the scales in the positive direction, you will find that you're far more positive, you have much more confidence, and most importantly, you will be your best ally during a crisis. From the poet Charles B. Newcomb, there are always two voices sounding in our ears, the voice of fear and the voice of confidence. 
One is the clamor of the senses. The other is the whispering of the higher self. Lastly, use negative self-talk positively. Even though I very much always emphasize being positive, the fact is you can't always be so in a crisis. Things don't always go your way, and the harsh reality is that resolving a crisis is an uphill battle with many roadblocks and setbacks. So, some negative self-talk is not only unavoidable, but actually can be beneficial. There are two types of negative self-talk. Give up negative self-talk and fire up negative self-talk. Give up negative self-talk involves feelings of loss, hopelessness, and helplessness. For example, thinking, it's over, I can't do this. You dwell on everything that's going wrong. It hurts your confidence and determination, and it takes your focus away from confronting the crisis head on. Let me say this very clearly. There's never a time or a place in a crisis for give up negative talk for one simple reason. When you give up, the crisis wins. In contrast, fire up negative self-talk involves feelings of anger and being psyched up. For example, you may say with anger and energy, I'm not getting where I need to go. I hate this. You look to doing better in the future because you hate how things have been going. Fire up negative self-talk triggers your instinctive fight response and increases your determination to change course when the crisis is racking up victories. Fired up negative self-talk can be positive to turn your response to a crisis around. If you're going to be negative, then make sure you use fire up negative self-talk. But don't use it too much. Negative self-talk and negative emotions burn a lot of energy that should be used to overcome the crisis. Plus, it just doesn't feel very good to be angry all the time. From the motivational speaker Zig Ziglar, a negative thinker sees a difficulty in every opportunity. A positive thinker sees an opportunity in every difficulty. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 30 of Crisis to Opportunity. And be on the lookout for episode 31 in the near future.